I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Let's get started. Let me introduce you to the panel. Uh, I just started this, so I'm going to start with Prince Charles O'Connor from TheAthletic.com. Last week, I didn't think I could get any more sick of the Hart Trophy debate, and I've gotten more sick of the Hart Trophy debate. Ooh, like, can we just shut up about this every day on Twitter? It's people yelling at people and someone writing an article and then having everyone tell him he's an idiot or she's an idiot. Like, just guys, just fucking pick a person and stick with it, and let's just end this. The fly by herself, Kelly Hankel. It is uh, <laughs> incredibly exhausting, although I am enjoying watching everyone who had kind of like this well if your team doesn't make the playoffs you absolutely can't be in the mvp discussion um it's fun kind of watching people walk that back now that other teams like the devils could possibly maybe not make the playoffs it's funny last but certainly not least my broadcast partner in crime stephalicious d steph driver there's nothing I love more than watching journalists jerk themselves off about why they're smarter than everybody else over an award that doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, since that was everyone's take today, I guess uh, we'll just start with that. Uh, I don't really know if we uh, – was this part, like, audible last week, the Hart no. Trophy debate? Yeah. So um, I like – like, we do this show. I- I'm-, I'm a sports talk host. I think – you know, having good, passionate debates about things that are just for entertainment is fine because, like, sports don't actually matter. Like, you know, if Connor McDavid does or doesn't win the Hart Trophy, guess what? Everyone's lights and water are going to come on in the morning. Like, it's not, it's not that big a deal. But it's fun. Like, like the same way MJ versus LeBron is fun. But you got to remember, there's no fucking answer. There's not like, oh, you're, and that's like what I hate is um. Oh, you're a stupid if you think this. And I, I'm just going to start with, with my opinion now. My opinion has changed this week about who should win the heart. Um, I was all about Nathan McKinnon, really thought that it was him. But then I watched uh, Giroux and Couturier just dominate him. Like the coach was chasing that matchup in Colorado. And he was like, oh, nope, never mind. Uh, I think Pekka Rene's the MVP. Mm. Look at... Everyone else, everyone else in this debate, with the exception of Connor McDavid, and honestly, like, I kind of, if McDavid had 150 points, yeah, sure, make him the MVP, but he doesn't, so it's not like he's that much better than everybody uh, that I would go with a non-playoff team. Um, Everyone else kind of has like, another guy, like, you look at Giroux, just for example, Katorie Voracek, I mean, they're right there. Um... As good as Nashville is, who's the MVP? Who is the MVP of that team? Who? Every other playoff team has a couple of guys. Rene, to me, is the standout on that team this year. Right, but I mean, why does someone on on that team have to win the trophy? It's the, oh no, I don't think it's just that okay. team. I just look at everybody else in the conversation and think everybody else in the conversation has somebody else, and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, except for maybe Taylor Hall. Like, he's kind of out there by himself. Um, Taylor Hall is definitely out there by himself. I mean, Rene has 
an all-star defense in front of him. I mean, that's who he's got. Like, yeah, literally the best defense in the league. And is... none of them none of them are going to win the Norris this year. They're not having, like, P.K. Subban's numbers are Shane Gostas Bears' numbers this year. Like, it's not like he's having a dominant season. Yes, on paper, they Shane have... Gostas Bears is having a dominant season. He's being, he's okay. I think he belongs in the conversation. Where do you live in? He's okay. He's he, having a career year in his third year in the league. Absolutely. He's amazing. I'm I'm not I'm just saying like he's not winning the Norris either. You know, I'm just saying He should be in consideration. I believe he should be absolutely top 10 in voting. I don't think he should win it, but he should be up there. I have a whole thing for BSH Radio about Provorov winning the Norris now after saying it should be Ghost last week, but we'll get into that on Monday. Hey, got to love Bill. Yeah. I, <laughs> I looked at some numbers, Charlie. You'll be very proud of me on Monday. Uh, yeah, I just I, I look at Pecorette's numbers. He's as dominant as any scorer in this league. So my my issue with Rene getting and, and I've made this argument on the show that like maybe goalies should be more considered for this award, considering there's no player that provides more value to his team than a goaltender who plays in almost every game. I don't think Rene's played in enough games though. Like if he if he played in seventy games uh, and he was the clear like. Every single night he starts, I would be more open to the to the discussion. But I think he's only played in like fifty six games. Uh, Saros is a really really good backup, so understandably they use him. Plus, Rene is older, so they give him more time off time off, which makes sense. But to, for me to give it to a goalie, I need him to play almost every game. Uh, kind of like how Cam Talbot played almost every game last year for uh, for Edmonton. Like, to me, he should have been in consideration last year. McDavid deserved it, but Talbot should have been up there as well because he just played so damn much, and goalies don't do that very often. Rene, to me, hasn't played enough for me to, to jump him. Unless, well, unless you're, unless you're going to make the, the true value comp, value argument and just say goalies are always most valuable, and if you want to do that, that's fine, but then you better vote for a goalie every year. While I agree, and you know I'd never vote for a goalie every year. Yeah, because you uh, hate goalies. While I agree, <laughs> Soros is a good backup. Compare their records. Their record with and without Pecorine, he is helping them win every game he's in. He's been a big part of the wins. I mean, sure, but look at their save percentages. Rene is at 929, which obviously is amazing. Saros is at 925, which is also amazing. Now, granted, Saros' record is much worse, but is that Saros' fault, or is that the fault of the team that just happened to not play that well in front of him, but they played better in front of Rene? Like, to me, that's just random. Like, if, if, if Rene was at 929 and Saros was at 905, that would be a different story. But to me, the record thing is just that the team happens to win with Rene in front of, with Rene behind them versus Saros. I don't think that's Saros' fault. But it's the same team. The same team is in front of the guy. It's so, the same team. I mean, sometimes teams come out and they play well, and sometimes key teams come out and they play poorly. I, I don't think the goalie— Why as, is it The, the that, goalie's job is to stop pucks. If he's stopping almost the same amount of pucks as the starter, I'm not going to blame the goalie for the team not winning. The goalie's job is to win, first and foremost. <laughs> well, everyone's job is to win. <laughs> the goalie's job is to stop the puck. Yeah, the team's job the, is the to The win. other guys do the winning by actually scoring the other goals. Score a goal, win the game. I've heard that's the way it works. Goalies get paid for wins. They shouldn't, though. They should get paid for stopping pucks. Yeah, he's stopped more pucks than most this year. He has. I think he's the Vesna Trophy winner. I just would not vote him as the heart winner. As I said, unless you're of the belief that goalies should always win the heart. And I think that's a totally fair belief. But my point is that if you believe that, then every year your vote should always be to a goalie. And if, if that's your like if that's your philosophy, I respect that. I respect that you think a goalie should win every year. But I don't think Rene this year has been 
you know, exceptionally more valuable than the average best goalie every year. No, I've, and I also I feel like when you're talking about a team as good as Nashville, that's stacked as deep as Nashville, the goalie, just by way of the fact that the team is so good, is not as valuable as, say, Carey Price was to a very mediocre Montreal team. Like, he, he was more valuable as an incredible goaltender than Pecorine is to... Nashville, and I think that that's illustrated by what Charlie was saying about the backups numbers. The backups numbers are almost just as good because the except team the, is very good. Except the team is very good, and his winning percentage is much worse. Which, but are which, they are they scoring goals in the games that the backup play, plays? Because if they're not scoring goals, and they're not going to win, like there's nothing he can do. Soros can't score goals and stop the puck. So if they're scoring one goal in a game that he's playing, there's nothing he can do about that. He can stop every puck. Oh boy. <laughs> Have a shutout. That's true. He could also stop pucks and perhaps skate the length of the ice and score a goal if he really wanted to win. Yeah, I'm just be Ron Hextall. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, I'm pretty sure goalies aren't allowed to play the puck above their own blue line. Well, maybe he should fire it from the blue line and score some goals. I remember Roman Czechmonic. Seen it happen. <laughs> I remember Roman Czechmonic on a delayed penalty one time trying to carry the puck. And they were yelling at him to dump it when he got <laughs> when he got close to the blue line, because it would have been a penalty on them. God, he was nuts. He, was he did not get appreciated enough for like just how crazy he was. As but a human guys, being. I wanna I wanna stop this debate real fast just to point out. Now I'm saying something that you all disagree with, and I want to point out how it's a fun, passionate debate, and not one of you called me stupid. Now Steph hasn't weighed in all that much yet, so this could change. <laughs> Well, that's because I don't necessarily disagree. Like, I don't think that it's stupid. I just don't think that he's the MVP. Okay, and look at that. Look, I'm not an idiot for thinking something. This is how you have a good sports debate, folks. Just because someone says Connor McDavid is the MVP or just because, you know, I think that a defenseman should win it every year doesn't make anyone stupid. It's just fun sports debate. And like Kelly said, um... All this shit's going on. I go, you know what? The Hart Trophy doesn't matter. You know how I know that? I cover this sport, and I had to go up and look who won it two years ago. Patrick Kane. Oh, forgot. Ew. Three years ago, Carey Price. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. A goalie did win it. That yeah. happened. I remember. It was fun because it's like, oh, they have their own award. Like when a pitcher's up for MVP. It's like, oh, they could just win a Cy Young. Yeah, that's what I think's been, like, getting really frustrating about this debate is that at the start of it, it actually was kind of fun. Because I think we talked about a bit, this a bit last week, but it might not have been one of the things that we could hear. Um, normally, this award, I feel like there's one or two, maybe three guys that at this point in the season are legitimately in the race for MVP. And this year, it really is like five or six guys that you could make an actual good case for, like you just did with Pecorine. And that should be fun. And we should, like, enjoy being able to have these kinds of, like, intellectual discussions about nonsense, sports things that are fun. But for some reason, it's, like, devolved into this weird, like, you're an idiot if you think Connor McDavid should win anything because his team is garbage. And if he was that good, they wouldn't be this bad. And then it's, like, you know, you have Wish writing these articles about Taylor Hall and essentially telling people they're ridiculously moronic if they don't think that Taylor Hall like it's just like a, it's gotten really weird and I don't understand why hockey Twitter just like 
everyone hates everybody. Yeah. Well, it's kind of true, especially at the end of the year. For some reason, it's like we're all, all tired the, of each other. Yeah, it's like all the tension that's built up, like all the the tweets that you saw somebody tweet about in in November that annoyed you. Like it all just comes to a head in in March and April, and you can just get out all your anger on the people that have irritated you all year by yelling at them and calling them idiots because of their opinion on the Hart Trophy. <laughs> It's like the last two weeks of the real world house. Like, we've all been stuck with each other on Twitter for fucking nine months. <laughs> like, we've all basically been stuck with each other on Twitter since the draft. <laughs> since the beginning of time. Yes. No one's left their house I'm in nine months. Sick of you people. You've had enough. Yeah, like, I've just been watching NHL TV and yelling at everybody on Twitter. And that's, like, that's why I wanted to bring this up again this week is because my opinion changed. Because I just had a good conversation with somebody. And it's someone who's often... Um, you know, cantankerous, let's say. Someone who doesn't think many people are their peers. Uh, no, or colleague, that was the word. And, uh-huh. like, I still was able to have, like, a, this was before he said that. Uh, and I oh, just was asked, it him? It was him. Oh, it wow. Was just, it was that guy. Grant McCag or whatever the hell his name is. Like, But I had a conversation before he said that with him yeah. about Rene, and I was like, you're making some good points. You know what? I agree. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe maybe one of the problems, too, is that all this does, all these types of debates do is just, like, expose fissures in the, uh, in the community that are already there. It just makes it more obvious because now there's something, like, there's clear sides drawn because like, you have the analytics side that just, you know, gets all, like, oh, how can you possibly say that value is is dependent upon playoffs and you're an idiot if you don't think, if, if you think that McDavid isn't the MVP and then you have, you know, the wish side, which is more like, you know, they're not anti-analytics, but they think the analytics community is kind of, you know, a bunch of dicks a lot of times. So they like to kind of go back at them almost because they know they can just rile them up. Like, I truthfully think that somebody like like Greg Wyshynski, he, he does what he does because he knows it pisses off people who are in analytics. And he, knows it's gonna, and he knows it's going to get him clicks. He knows it's going to spark discussion. So he's like, why not? Why not, you know, post an article like the one he did today saying that if you think McDavid should be an MVP without making the playoffs, you're an idiot because he knows that it's going to get, you know, 50 analytics people losing their goddamn minds for the next four hours, which is going to have everyone read his article on Twitter. Yeah, they're all going to... Oh, go ahead, go Kelly. Ahead. I was just going to say he's also a, a complete devil's homer. And if he has an, you know, an opportunity to be one in an article that makes sense, then he's going to do it every time. Yeah, that's true. And my, honestly, my Pecorine support is um, the same as the Taylor Hall idea, how Taylor Hall is, um, you know, by himself basically in the team and scoring. He's like double the, what has he got, like 25 more points than Nico Heeshear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sounds about right. And he's second. Rene. So you're saying that your Pekka Rene argument is say is calling the rest of the Nashville team garbage? No, the fact that it's a good team. However, look at his record compared to the backup, who also has good numbers, but they don't win when he's out there. No, the Taylor Hall argument is the rest of New Jersey is garbage. I mean, they're not garbage. It's just they don't mm. score. Well, I mean, garbage. no, that's the argument. Without Taylor Hall, they would not even be in playoff contention. Like they wouldn't. They wouldn't be. Anywhere where they are, 
without Taylor Hall. Without Pecorine, Nashville is still a very good team. Or they'd be I mean, this 500. Is the same thing. This is the same as Nikita Kucherov. Like, yes, Nikita Kucherov is a very good player. Without him, Tampa Bay wouldn't be as good, but they would still be a playoff team. Or they'd be 500 based on the backup's record. I, I, come on, Bill. I don't even want to rehash the, the point I made. I'm just going to say, really, Bill? Really? Uh, just what the, just what it says to me. Okay, Bill. There's a thing called playing well enough to win. It happens. There's also a thing of goalies can't control goal support. No, nope. but I don't. How know. is it that over a big enough sample size, it's always him? Because they just don't score for him every time. Because Soros played in 20 games, and he probably happened to play in the five or six games this year that Nashville just could not buy a goal. Or maybe it's matchup related. Maybe the teams they were playing, maybe they tend to be lower scoring games. Like, I don't know. I haven't broken down every single one of Nashville's games. And what I can say is that Saros has stopped almost as many pucks as, uh, as Rene this year. That's not to devalue what Rene has done. He's been great. But it's the same thing of like, I mean, I think we've gotten past this in baseball. We've gotten past the idea that like, oh, you have to have above, you know, 16, 17 wins to get the Cy Young because, you know, obviously as a pitcher, you know, if, if you if you don't have a lot of wins, even if you were great at run prevention, you know, obviously it's your fault because the team behind you didn't play hard enough behind you. Like we've agreed that that's an utterly ridiculous concept. How can we argue in, in hockey that, oh, well, the team just plays better in front of this goalie because they have more confidence? Like, no, it's just fucking fluke. So out of curiosity, since this seems to change week to week, who would you guys pick as a heart winner right now? I still pick McKinnon. Yeah. And I and I'm probably I'm probably still gonna go with him even if if Colorado doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Hall. Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth between Hall and McKinnon, but I think I've decided on McKinnon just because just because of like how bad Colorado was last season. And how that team has turned around completely, and it seems to be entirely on the back of Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, McKinnon had McKinnon had the game on his stick against Philly and couldn't get it done, so he's not a winner to me. <laughs> yeah, the o- o- only Colorado game you watched this year. <laughs> no, I love a good that. impression. No, I mean, I, I can't beat the Flyers. Hall. So, like, yeah, I know. You're a- I do Taylor Hall not only because of what he's been able to do for that New Jersey team, but because of all of the things that he had to deal with and is still dealing with yeah, it's from fine. Edmonton. Like, yeah, I, I actually respect giving it to Taylor Hall as a fuck you to Peter Shirelli. So like a, a giant fuck mm-hmm. you. And then I don't know if this is on the outline. I don't think it is, but the, the bullshit that, uh, was coming out this week about him going to rehab oh my and then God. just being just completely false. Oh boy, that was that like that didn't number one never needed to happen. Number two, protect Taylor Hall at all costs. Like I, I didn't I, I didn't know that I had a large adult son who played for the New, New Jersey Devils, but I do, and it's Taylor Hall. I, I did get a kick out of with that that like. It was LaRock, right? He was George LaRock, yeah. Like, that he totally missed the point. Because after it gets, you know, after apparently he found out that it wasn't actually true, you know, he's like, oh, I apologize because my information was bad. Like, no. Even if your information was correct, you shouldn't be reporting that. Absolutely not. So, like, 
the fact that it was wrong, like, yes, that makes it, I guess, extra bad that you reported it because you basically slandered the dude. Or I guess it was libel because it was in print. Um, but uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. There we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's, it still would if if it was a hundred percent true, it still would have been bad. It still would have been the wrong thing to report something like that because it's per it, it, it's it's personal medical information that's nobody's business except Taylor Hall and his doctors. God, how fucking great! It's confidential. Like the NHLPA has mandated that it's confidential. How fucking great would it be if Taylor Hall sued George LaRock for libel? Oh my god, I would love it. I think his, I think his lawyer should. Yeah, because like and seriously. Even if it were true, well, I mean, if it were true, it would it would be even worse. But like, why? I, uh, because there's this whole there's this whole there's this whole thing that that the Oilers are better off without Taylor Hall, and now that the Oilers have <laughs> fucking blown chunks this season. That's yeah, a that very good so, segue. <laughs> it is a good segue. Uh, it's a good segue into uh, we're gonna jump ahead to this next thing. Uh, because it involves Taylor Hall. This is actually incredible. I saw this tweeted. Uh, let me bring up the guy who tweeted it because I want Adam Gretz. Uh, Adam yeah. Gretz tweeted this earlier this week, and it is incredible. Uh, of the top 25 scorers in the NHL, only seven at any point in their career have been traded. Four of them were traded by Peter Chiarelli. Taylor Hall, number eight. Phil Kessel, number nine. Blake Wheeler, number 11. Tyler Sagan, number 25. On top of that, Matthew Barzell is 18th in scoring. He was taken with the 16th pick in the 2015 draft. Edmonton traded this pick, and number 33 overall, to the Islanders for Griffin Reinhardt. Reinhardt, of course, had one assists, one assist in 29 games for the Oilers in 2015-16 and has spent the last couple of years in the AHL. Most recently, he was taken in the expansion draft and he plays for the Chicago Wolves. Of the top 25 scorers, seven of them have been traded. Chirelli traded five of them. <laughs> and this guy keeps, he keeps getting jobs. That's And some of these were with Boston. Some of these were with Edmonton. Oh, and just to pile on Edmonton a little bit more, uh, Jake Voracek, who's 15th in scoring. These numbers might be a little off because I put them together a few days ago, but it's the top 25. They're about around where I'm saying them. Um, Jake Voracek, around 15th in scoring. One of the three, uh, other three who've been traded that weren't by traded, that weren't traded by Chirelli. Voracek was traded by Scott Housen when he was Columbus's uh, general manager. Housen was made VP of player personnel in Edmonton when Chirelli was hired as general manager. Now, of course, we know that the uh, the Voracek trade wasn't bad because Jeff Carter turned out to be a very, very good player, uh, just not for Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> they essentially traded, you know, uh, Voracek, Couturier, and Cousins for Jack Johnson. Well, that's what they did. So Edmonton is the worst, is the worst run organization in sports. I think the number one reason I want Taylor Hall to win the MVP, if you were to ask me who the MVP is, it's probably Taylor Hall. Uh, McKinnon is real close to me. I want Rene because people will go nuts about, he's got the best defense in hockey, and that'll just, people will go nuts, and I want people to go nuts. 
I, I really need it to be Taylor Hall. Taylor like, Hall is, is a fine pick for me. You look at him. You look at what the Devils were last year. You you just look at his whole situation. Um, Taylor Hall is a fine MVP pick for me. I just, yeah. you know, and, and it'll be just so good because it'll further condemn this idea. Well, no, we needed Adam Larson. Yeah, did you? <laughs> did it's you? amazing to me how objectively bad Peter Shirelli is at his job. Like, not... Like, this isn't an opinion. Like, Bill just rattled off a number of facts that happened. Yes. And yet, somehow, not only does he continue to keep this job, but he's got, like, defenders. Like, people defend him. Yeah, there are people. What? I just named all these guys. People think it's okay that he makes his teams actively worse. Like, you had a playoff team, and now you don't. I I think what it boils down to, at least from a journalistic standpoint, is... There are a lot of journalists that are not willing to admit when they were wrong. Mm-hmm. So so because of that, like because they at the time of the trade backed Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and because they got a lot of, you know, grief for it because most people that, you know, just know a little bit about hockey that aren't journalists were like, how could you possibly think this is a fair trade? Adam Larson is an average second pair defenseman. Taylor Hall is one of the best scoring wingers in hockey. This is ridiculously bad. And they went to bat for the trade. They went to bat for Shirelli. And now that it's obviously not working, like they almost feel like they can't totally admit to themselves and to the general public that they were wrong. And admitting that they admitting that Shirelli is wrong is like admitting that they were wrong, and they're not mm. going to admit that they were wrong. So therefore, they have to be ride or die with Shirelli because they were ride or die with him before. And admitting that admitting that Shirelli was wrong is admitting that they were wrong, and they won't go that route. And that's what it boils down to because they backed Shirelli on all these unbelievably stupid moves, and now they're turning out to be unbelievably stupid. It's like, well, how could you have known it would have turned out like this? Everyone knew it was going to turn out like this. Well, that's the thing. Like, I like why I don't understand why you would back those trades in the first place. Like. Agreed. Twitter because journalists don't know anything about the sport that they cover. Well, for the yeah, most that's part. fair. I mean, I was going to say Except that you know, Charles. Twitter's filled with nothing but idiots, and as soon as they made that Taylor Hall trade, everyone knew it was horrible. So it's like, uh. and there were there were two parts to the Taylor Hall trade to me, and that's the thing. It's another one of these arguments that got personal, where it's like, well, you don't understand team building. It's not just all about talent. And, like, yeah, okay, I get it. Scoring wingers, not as important as maybe a really good defenseman. Even, maybe, you know, like, a a top pair, but the second guy, or, like, a really good three. You know, like, if it's the best three in the league, like, what we're going to call, you know, Travis Sanheim, hopefully, in five years. Like, he's the best third defenseman in hockey. Or, or like, like, if they traded Taylor Hall for Nicholas Chalmerson. Like, that would make sense to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's not a number one, but he's a, like in his prime at least. He was a hell of a number two. But you basically, yeah. you basically traded Taylor Hall for like prime Braden Coburn, maybe. Not even. I mean, like that's the thing. Like it, theoretically, them trading one of their good forwards for defensemen made sense because they needed help on defense big time. But that forward for that defenseman was very bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's 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 yeah. the other end. There was okay team building. We need defensemen. We have a ton of forwards, and we have Connor McDavid, so we're going to be able to score. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, is is Adam Larson the best you could do? Because if yeah. so, yeah, you put you put Hall in your pocket, and <laughs> and you wait because he's going to be giving you value the whole time. 
Or trade, like, Nuge for Larson or something. Like, if you absolutely had to have Adam Larson, I'm sure you could have gotten him for a better price than Taylor Hall. Like, and if probably you couldn't, called... then just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, yeah, but, like, I have a feeling that Shirelli called up What's-His-Face in New Jersey and was like, hey, uh, we'll give you Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, and they couldn't friggin' send the facts fast enough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's de- I bet you he was like, we want Adam Larson, and the Devils were like, oh, yeah, uh, give us uh, Taylor Hall. <laughs> thinking okay. like thinking like you know when a guy's like uh you know I'll give you 75 for it and you say uh I'll take a million yeah <laughs> and Shirelli was just like okay yeah one thing that and and this I think is one of the reasons why I really dislike Shirelli not just from a you know from a roster management standpoint but it's something that he's always done he did this in Boston and he does it in Edmonton and not only is it a really shitty thing to do to your players, it's just stupid. And what it is, is what he does before he trades a guy is he puts off-the-record stuff out in the media ripping that player. And mm. basically what the intention, I think, is, is to convince the fans before he makes the trade as to why the trade had to have happened. Because you see it all the time. You saw it in Boston. Like, Sagan got ripped before he got traded for being immature and he partied too much and stuff. You saw it with Hall. You saw it with Eberly. Like, there's one common denominator here, and it's Peter Shirelli being the GM of the team. This is clearly his MO. And what sucks about it is, number one, it manipulates the fans. And it, number two, it's really crappy for the player because the player has to see himself get ripped in print by his bosses for stuff that probably doesn't even matter. Number three, it's just a dumb thing for a GM to do because you're purposely torpedoing the value that you're going to get back when you trade this guy that you've decided you're going to trade. But he's so damn concerned about convincing the fans that, oh, I had to make this trade, that he ends up cutting off his foot despite his leg. And he does it all the time. <laughs> That's a good one. I've never heard it put that way, Charlie. Um, no, it's a... Uh, like. If a guy does have an attitude problem or if there is something you just want to rid yourself of, you're supposed to say that this guy is like, you know, if if the team wins, the fans will forgive it all. You know, like the fans will get over it if the team wins. You are supposed to build up your trade value. No, he's a, this guy, he is a, he's a locker room hero. He, he's the most valuable player on our team. He's helped Connor McDavid's maturity. Oh my God, we, uh, we don't know what we'd do without him. And then, you, well, we just had an offer we couldn't turn down. That's what you have to say. Like, I am not a general manager, nor do I exercise, like, good restraint most of the time. But this shit's common sense. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Smart.